0: social media, which is so easy and accessible and people sometimes underestimate its value. We have a Facebook group with over 10,000 Indiana homeschool families. And so for a mom who's at home, that's how people want to connect these days. They want to hear from other moms. They don't always want to hear from us as someone who has, who's the empty nester at this point, but they want to reach out and say to another mom, what did you think of this curriculum? And it's such an easy way for them to do that.
1: Hi, you're listening to the Zan Tyler Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, Taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load, or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades in almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler. Before we get into our interview, I want to remind you to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. And if this podcast has been an encouragement to you, please leave us a review. It really helps. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to two very special homeschool moms who also happen to be or have been executive directors of state homeschool organizations. Tara Bentley is the executive director of the Indiana Association of Home Educators, and Nancy Manos has served as the executive director for the Arizona Families for Home Education in Arizona. So um, IHAE and AFI is how we will refer to them during the rest of the podcast to save a little bit of time and tongue-twisting, and we're going to be talking today about ways we can all get involved in a community of homeschoolers to promote freedom and to support one another. So welcome, Tara and Nancy. It is so great to have y'all with us. So,
0: It is so good to be here.
1: (laughs) So we're going to talk a little bit today about state homeschooling organizations, what they are, what they do how they can bless you and how you can be involved. And as we go through the course of this conversation, um, we'll be um telling you more of uh, just about the unique blessing of of these organizations, I think, in the homeschooling community. So uh, let's share briefly about how we each got involved, not so much in homeschooling, but as in state homeschool leadership. So Tara, if you'll go first, that'd be great.
0: Sure. So we had actually started homeschooling by pulling my daughter out of public school um, in the middle school years. So my state organization was uh, the first organization resource that I found. And I just was so appreciative of how they enabled me and encouraged me and allowed me to homeschool that when I was given the opportunity to serve as a regional rep um, in our state, I absolutely was excited about being able to give back. So I did that for a couple years and then moved on to the board of directors.
1: Hey, Tara, what, um, what when you say they really encouraged you and enabled you to homeschooling to homeschool, what did they do particularly?
0: Well, we went to our first convention, obviously, that was the, you know, the way we got connected in the beginning. Um, they have a print magazine that the articles were very encouraging to me and equipping, connected me with great resources told me how to homeschool legally in my state, which is very, very important, and helped me get connected with local support groups and other resources.
1: Okay, so, all right, so you started homeschooling, you were really helped by your state organization, you became a regional rep, and then on the state board, when did you become the executive director? In
0: 2015, we were an entirely volunteer organization uh, for many years. Uh, There had been paid staff prior to that, but in 2015, they hired me as the executive director, and I'm just so blessed to be able to continue giving back to the homeschool community in that way.
1: That's awesome. Hey, Nancy, tell us how you got involved in state leadership.
2: So my introduction to the state homeschool organization was when we were living in Minnesota and I had gone to the convention. My girls were like two and four. Um, And then we moved to Arizona when they were five and seven. So I already was familiar with a statewide homeschool organization and a homeschool convention. So I immediately found the um, Arizona homeschool organization here, AFI. And um, in about 2000, I was running a newsletter just for homeschool families in my area. It started with me just handing out a print newsletter to 24 families at PE. And it grew to like 1800 families, an email list as a way to kind wow. of connect to the community, share information about what was happening. And about that time in 2004, The person who was running communications for AFI was moving out of state, and they had seen the work that I was doing with this, it was called the Hero Newsletter. Um, And so they just invited James and I to interview to be on the board. We served together for 13 years, and then he stepped off the board, We uh, retired from the board, and they hired me as the executive director for three and a half years, and
1: then I retired in 2020 from that ministry. Okay, very interesting. So, I was also the uh, president or executive director of a state homeschooling organization, and I'm still on that board. Uh, You can hear more about that. It's the South Carolina Association of Independent Homeschools. Joe and I just told our stories, part one and part two, in a podcast. So, you can go back and listen to that podcast and really hear more of our story of how and why we started SCAES and um, what what the benefits are. And, uh, but, but I was the founder. We were, um, for those of you who may not have listened to that, We, when we started homeschooling in 1984, there were no state organizations. Tara and Nancy were so blessed to have that. Um, but there was nobody to go to, to for help. No HSLDA, Homeschool Legal Defense Association. And we knew nobody in the world who was homeschooling. And um, so, we, I was threatened with jail by the state superintendent of education. And eventually, the homeschooling community Began to grow. And as it grew, I, we, a couple of us banded together, it's a long story, to uh, take over a nonprofit somebody had given us. And we used that as our lobbying arm. And so I lobbied with the South Carolina Home Educators Association for many years to get the law established. And then once we started SCADES, which was a part of our, our SCIA legislative, um, uh, goal, then uh, I stepped down from the, I'm still on the ski board, but I stepped down as an officer. So, we each have been involved in state organizations on different levels, different size organizations. And so, let's just talk for just a minute before we leave this topic and move on to some things going on at the national level and just talk about the the things that a state organization can do for our listeners and also how they can become involved. So Tara, you want to name a couple of things that state organizations do and Nancy, you jump in with this conversation as well.
0: It's such a long list, but I'm so glad to share about it. Um, Obviously, we hold statewide events from conventions and Capitol Day, um, parent get-togethers, things like that. And most importantly, we watch legislation and build uh, relationships at the state capitol.
1: So, okay, so I'm going to back up on that because I want to ask you about this. Both of you mentioned that the conventions were really key to you starting the homeschool and your homeschool success. And, um, and so, Tara, I know you have a convention coming up this March, Indiana does, and I'll be there too, so that'll be amazing, awesome to be together.
0: I I am so excited. This is our first big event since the pandemic hit. You were supposed to be with us in 2020, Um, so, so I'm having flashbacks to that convention. Obviously, we had to cancel it two weeks ahead, um, but we're excited to be bringing back our conference, March 24th and 25th. Um, it's not as big these days because we have a lot of vendors who do not, uh, ex- it's so expensive for them to travel. And so it's more of a parent-focused event and speakers. And we just encourage the parents to come out and learn. And you, re- it's like continuing education. I mean, this is a big commitment to homeschool. And it is so vital to feeling that you can actually do it.
1: And, you know, in this day of Zoom meetings, which we're, you know, we're on a platform right now, which is amazing, but it's so nice to be together in person and uh, to be sitting in a room full of homeschool moms and dads who are struggling with the same things you are and enjoying the same things you are, and and just then getting to meet people in your local support groups and your state organization so you can be a part of it. So, um, Nancy, let's talk for just a minute about um, what Tara was sharing in terms of the legislative work that state organizations do. And Tara, I know you've done a lot of this. You know, really focused on that. So, y'all just jump in with each other on this one. Tara does a lot
2: of work and has a team that reads bills in her state. We each state homeschool organization. First of all, we should clarify this is not a government agency, it's not a big corporate entity. These are grassroots, um, volunteer run, nonprofit organizations that are run by moms and dads like you. And we um, really, we're passionate about protecting the freedom to homeschool. And so many of us have continued serving long after our children have graduated from our homeschools. So watching legislation is such a key thing. Every year bills come up that um, there's usually a legislator that wants to help us and it would be better if they didn't because what the end result usually is uh, tighter regulation or more hoops to jump through and that kind of thing. I know in Arizona, it seems like every year or every other year, they're always trying to run a bill to expand the compulsory education age down to four years old and up to 18. And so it's, just, it's an interesting thing that impacts homeschoolers. And what state organizations are busy doing is watching those things, keeping those relationships at the Capitol, like Tara said, alive, so that when an issue comes up, we have somebody to call. And then we can um, do work behind the scenes, usually. And a lot of times, we'll get homeschoolers involved in making phone calls and sending emails to their legislators.
1: You know, that work is so important. Yeah, and I want to ask you a question in particular, Tara, but you go ahead, and then I'll ask you my question.
0: Okay. I wanted to add that for us, it's also... We're in the best position to be proactive in our state. So we are recording this. It's three days before Christmas, right? And yesterday, hours of my day was spent talking with people who are active in our state, who are currently writing and filing the bills, our legislative session kicks off about a month from now. But we're already behind the scenes working with those people who are writing the bills, crafting the bills. So if we can warn them ahead of time, hey, that language, you don't realize what that's how that's going to impact the homeschool community. So it's not just about reading them after it's about beforehand. It's about the relationships. It's about being the boots on the ground to make sure that these things don't happen.
1: You know, that's interesting that you said that because already this year, this is, every legislature is different, but the South Carolina legislature starts meeting in January and December, part of December is the pre-filing time. And so, if you miss the opportunity to speak into some bills during the pre-filing period of legislation, things can get ahead of you, and bad things can happen, sometimes when people mean for bad things to happen, but a lot of times when our friends think they're doing good things for us, but we need to be involved in that language and how that's going on. So, one thing I want um, you to react to, Tara, is just The notion there are so many people homeschooling now because of COVID that I've heard people say, oh, my gosh, we don't have to worry about freedom anymore because there are way too many of us to come after. Um, I think that's fallacious reasoning. I think it puts more of a target on our backs because we're more of a threat to the institutional educational community. So what do you think, Tara?
0: Absolutely, um, it would be it would be lovely to say that based on our numbers we're safer. But the truth is, a lot of families were thrown into home education since the pandemic. They weren't equipped for it. Um, they maybe walked in and just thought this looks easy, or I have a neighbor that homeschools, and so they're not always informed about. Let's let's call them best practices, either for your state or um, or nationally. But you know, we've saw families this past summer who said, "Oh, we decided to homeschool since the pandemic. Um, my child's now ready to head off to college, and the college is asking me for things like a transcript, like a like she she finished her daughter's high school." But she didn't really know the best way to do that she wasn't equipped for it and so just the amount of uh, new families who came into our community it's been wonderful but they didn't all come into it with the same level of commitment or maybe research and knowledge and that has a big impact on us it also has a big impact on the schools Um, here in Indiana we just had a report that dropped about the enrollment numbers and many districts were impacted by incredible loss in revenue. Those students all come with money. And when those school districts don't have that money, they're looking around and they want to know why. So they're luring, they want to bring families back in however they can, and they want to encourage families, we'll take advantage of this. But it comes with strings, and very often families don't understand that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all such important reasons, again, just to stay tied in to your state organization so you can find out, like like Tara was saying, just best, best practices, the way we homeschool in terms of approaching colleges and approaching, empl- approaching employers and all of that, but also to keep abreast of what's going on legally because freedom can be fragile and we can lose it. I mean, the the price of freedom really is eternal vigilance. Um, Nancy, there, um, Tara mentioned this. Let's uh, talk about this for a minute. Many states have a, what they call a day at the dome or a capital day or a rally day. Explain to our audience what that is and how they can be involved in those.
2: Sure. It's such a fun day. Um, each state organization hosts their own event. Not every state hosts a uh, homeschool day at the Capitol, but most do. And it's such a neat way to get down to the state Capitol, um, to meet with legislators, to hear speakers. Um, I know Indiana has a great one coming up very soon, and uh, Arizona's is coming up in March, and Tara can talk a little bit about where to find that information. I think we have a link um, that shares where those types of events are taking place, But there is something really special about gathering together and being focused on protecting homeschool freedom and letting parents and their kids come together and learn about some of the issues that we're facing and some of the important relationships we've built at the state capitol.
1: So relationships really are so key. The the days at the Dome or the Capitol Days give families the opportunity to meet their legislators. And sometimes it's it's just that one on one relationship, even though it can be intimidating to make that relationship if you've never done it, can be the thing that saves homeschool freedom, and I'm not being overly dramatic in that. I sat through a Senate um, Education Committee hearing in South Carolina where we we were trying to get a good bill passed. It looked like we were going to lose, and one legislator said, a homeschool family had me over to eat with them and their family, and I got to know them, and I'll tell you, I thought homeschoolers were crazy. This family was amazing. I'm voting for this bill. And then three other senators talked about a relationship they had with one family that changed their whole perspective on homeschooling. So Tara, tell us how people can find out more about the Indiana uh, Capitol Day and how they can find out about other Capitol Days in their areas.
0: Sure. So here in Indiana, you can go to our website and get all of that information. And um, I know you said we were going to refer to our state organizations because that would be easier. But I'm sorry, we have too many vowels in our names. I just want to say I-A-H-E dot net. Um, that's how you can find us if you're here in Indiana. If you are not in Indiana, you can go to homeschoolfreedom.com and find your state organization and so much more. We There's a map there where you can just click on your state and figure out how to get connected. There's also an events tab um, that you can look at as well.
1: So, um, I, and I, I just know personally from being at different um, state days at the rally, last year I was in Iowa, and this year I'll be speaking at the New York um, Capitol Day, it, these are powerful, powerful events. If you don't go to any other event all year, I encourage you to go to your, your state day at the Dome or your state capitol day. So, all right, we've talked about home, uh, state homeschool organizations, watch um, legislative issues fight for freedom, host the Capitol days, keep an eye on what's happening legislatively. Um, And then there are also resources that these state organizations provide. So y'all talk about some of the resources, whether it's publications or e-newsletters or whatever, whatever you do to support homeschoolers in your area.
0: So, here in Indiana, we have multiple different things. We have um, downloadables and printables that come up on occasion. We have planners. uh, We have attendance guides. We have a magazine that's available to our members They can also read it digitally, which is amazing because you have great content from top leaders across the country um, that explain more about homeschooling and uh, casting a vision for your homeschool. So, that is great. We also we also have regional reps who I think are one of our biggest resources, um, social media, which is so easy and accessible and people sometimes underestimate its value. But I mean, we have a Facebook group with over 10,000 Indiana homeschool families. And That's so for amazing. a mom who's at home, that is how they, that's how people want to connect these days. They want to hear from other moms. They don't always want to hear from us as someone who has, who's the empty nester at this point, but they want to reach out and say to another mom, what did you think of this curriculum? And it's such an easy way for them to do that. So those are some of, I think, some of our favorite resources
1: okay and when we get to the end of this broadcast we'll give the how to access these organizations one more time nancy you were going to say something i just
2: was going to say one of the my favorite resources serving in state homeschool leadership for 16 years was that interacting with moms especially new moms to homeschooling when they would call our organization and i would talk to them sometimes 30 or 45 minutes just answering questions There is nothing like the end of that conversation and a mom walking away or a dad, talk to dad sometimes too, but it's a lot of the moms that call, but when they're like, I can do this, you know, they have hope, they feel motivated, they don't feel so overwhelmed and, you know, fearful about messing up their kids or whatever, that homeschooling really is an amazing option. And so that was one of my favorite things to do was really to talk to parents as they called our organization.
1: And, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up, Nancy, because all organizations are a little bit different in the emphasis and the way they run. All are there to support you as homeschooling moms and dads and support homeschooling freedom. But I know at SCAES, we have like 16 counselors that are there Monday through Thursday for uh, elementary school, special needs, middle school and high school. And so you can call anytime as a member. And just Have access to these women who have homeschooled successfully and keep up with curriculum issues and all those other things. So I think that those one on one relationships within the state organization and your support groups are really key to keeping you motivated and on the right track or help when you're discouraged, those types of things. So, if somebody wants to get involved in a state organization, how do they do it? If they're interested in state leadership or support group leadership, Tara, what should they do?
0: (laughs) Well, I think that there's a wide variety of how they can do that. And I think that if you're still in the trenches and your kids are young, it can sound intimidating. So I want to say that there are very easy ways to support your state organization and their work. And very often that's through membership, um, staying involved, sharing their information, which which is so helpful. If you know the value of your state organization, talk about it. Share about it. Help answer questions and point people back to your state organization. So that is absolutely the place to start. Talk about your state organization. And then so many of us are obviously volunteer-driven organizations, and and we need the help of those parents. Maybe you can help moderate a Facebook group. Maybe you are a former bookkeeper, and you've got skills, and, and you can come in and help volunteer Maybe you love website design. Maybe you want to just help build relationships with other leaders and support groups. I, If you reach out to your state organization, I can guarantee that they will find a way to use the gifts that God has given you to further the homeschool community where you live.
1: Okay. All right. Thank y'all so much. I just encourage you to really think about becoming involved in your state organization uh, is just—it's it, a mutual blessing, uh, Tara. So you are also involved on the board of a national organization. You and your husband Mark, will you tell us a little bit about that organization and what they're doing for homes for the homeschool community?
0: Absolutely. So, we actually serve on the board of directors for, I'm just going to shortcut it, it's called the Alliance. That's how we met, actually, all of us as state leaders. It is primarily a network of state leaders from across the country, Canada and Mexico, and it gives us the ability to pour into each other as leaders Um share ideas, brainstorm, and um, build each other up. That is at its core what the Alliance does. But we also work outwardly to pour into the homeschool community. And we've already mentioned homeschoolfreedom.com. And that is perhaps our biggest outreach is to help share with the homeschool community the great work that these state organizations do. Um, It is a way for you to get connected with your state. There's a map on there. We talked about that, how you can find them. And then in 2023, we're really excited to come together as state organizations. And we have a national effort for the um, it's an academic achievement study, which is really exciting that we can come together across the country, wherever you are, and help Uh, bring new data. We know that homeschoolers perform very well on academic tests. it has been a really long time since we had a national study. So you can go to the website and learn more about that. I'm very happy to say that um, Nancy is also a part of our team with the Alliance and homeschoolfreedom.com. And I know she can share about some of the other things that we do there.
2: Yeah, I love volunteering. So even though I've graduated my kids and I've retired from state homeschool leadership, although I still support and encourage my pray for state leaders in my state, um, I'm excited to get to serve state homeschool leaders as part of the Alliance and Homeschool Freedom. One of our big events um, for homeschoolfreedom.com is National Homeschool Day of Prayer, which is a wonderful day, the first Friday of November. Each year we um, have hourly prayer prompts on our Facebook page and a free activity guide and, you know, all sorts of ways to connect and just be praying for homeschool freedom for our elected officials and all of those kind of things. We also have a free um, family field trip guide for that covers field trip ideas across the country in all 50 states, plus virtual field trip ideas. So there's some free resources, and it's just a great way to stay connected around the topic of homeschool freedom.
1: You know, I do love so many of the things that the Alliance does. I look forward to the conference every year when we were new homeschoolers, well, not new homeschoolers, but had been homeschooling a couple of years and started going to the National Leadership Conferences. It was amazing the source of strength it was for me personally, but it energized us to go back to our states. and and be better at what we were doing Uh, I love the National Day of Prayer Nancy I know that you and I have worked I have worked with you just a little bit on that in past years and I just I love that that's the heart of the organization to sponsor this day of prayer and so many people are committed to that I I just believe that God has really blessed the homeschooling community in a unique way when I look back to the early 80s nobody homeschooling Um, um, legal issues, lawsuits everywhere, all kinds of barriers to growth and to homeschooling. And to see where we are now, I think the it, it's definitely been a lot of work on a lot of people's part. But I think unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And the Lord's blessing has definitely um, watched over us and helped us and and caused our growth and the success of the homeschooling movement. So, I just want to thank you both so much, not just for being here, but for what you do. I've just watched you both labor for many, many years in the homeschooling community. and you don't do it for the thanks or the praise. Thank goodness that usually doesn't go with the job description. <laughs> but you, you've you done it to bless so many people. And I've been one of those people that have been blessed by you, Tara, and you, Nancy. So as we close, is there any anything else that y'all want to say about homeschooling in general or state organizations or what's going on at the national level?
0: You know, I just want to say that you had mentioned a quote earlier about um, freedom, not being free, basically, to paraphrase, and that we must stay vigilant. And I think that is what it comes down to. That is why we invest so many hours doing what we do because we want that freedom to continue. And you said such kind words about Nancy and I, but Zan, Tyler, you know, we are we are blessed to stand on the shoulders of homeschool pioneers like you and so many others. And it's just such a blessing to give back. And, you know, to those families that are out there right now and they're just trying to figure out how to do this with a toddler clinging. At their angle just stay informed right I mean when when you are when you're in the trenches the all you can do is stay informed that
1: matters. That does I, matter that I think does
2: there's matter. a benefit to just being reminded that um, it may feel like it's you know it's not illegal to homeschool in any of the 50 states anymore but it was at one time. And there was a hard-fought battle to win the freedom that we have. And we cannot get complacent or take for granted the freedom that we have today because it could be gone in an instant. And so it's so worth being informed, staying connected, praying, volunteering, and, and supporting your state organization, but just being aware that freedom is so important to protect because we want our children's children and our great-grandchildren
1: to have the freedom that we have enjoyed in teaching our children at home. Amen. I just want to close. I don't know what made me think about this, but I was reading an article. I was actually speaking with Jim Mason the other day, who is the president of Homeschool Legal Defense Association, and reading an article by him where he quotes de Tocqueville when he came to the United States in the 1800s from France, trying to figure out what made America work? And one of the things he talked about was private associations. Things weren't done top down from the government, but that if people saw a need, they formed private, free, not, you know, free from government control, private, free Organizations that address the issue, and that has really been what the homeschooling movement is: people home, caught being called to homeschool from around the country, rising up and find, you know, and. And forming all of these private associations around the country, that's its strength. To me, that is the strength of the homeschooling community, is parents who love their kids, who bond together with other homeschoolers, and are willing to pay the price for freedom. So, thank you both so much. It's been great to have you. Thank you, Zan. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at Zantaler.com. Until next time, see you later.